I think <laughs> Pod, episode 15. Today we're going to talk about some Nebraska issues. I'm April and I'm here with Melody and Stephanie and our special guest Jazari Kual, founder of the Nebraska media company Qualden Creations. Melody, do we have any new patrons to talk about? Yes we do, yes we do, yes we do, yes we do. Oh my gosh. Um, yes, we have patrons. We have three patron levels, and the three new patrons we have each are at uh, one of the levels. So we have Glenn Tracy, Matthew Zimmerman, and Kelsey Lemberg. All of them get a pod shout out. Woot woot! Consider yourselves shouted. Mm -hmm, exactly. Two of them are getting seeing red stickers, and we have we promised one sticker, but we actually have three stickers, and they're yeah, cool. they're fantastic. Yeah. Yep. And then one of them is getting their own personalized Fuck You Friday <gasps> on, all the, on all the social coming, media channels. Coming soon. Yep. yep. So Friday so. near you. Thank ah. you. We need our producer to add in some clapping music. Woo! Thank you. Thank you. Remember last week and I said my tree was fine? I was wrong. Oh, Melody no. is right. Melody is right. My tree is still going through 2020. And I caught the squirrels chewing the bark off. <gasps> I put the tree protector on and he but because it's still staked, he climbs up the stakes and chews on the top part. And I saw him out the window and I went out shouting obscenities and scared him off and the neighbors know that I'm crazy now <laughs> oh my gosh okay my house has gotten significantly less chaotic because the puppy we have introduced her to the dog park and there's a little dog park for little dogs and the big park for the big dog she got to go to the little park and now she has gone to the big side and she comes home and she's just exhausted and she can't do anything but like nap and just cuddle and follow me around <laughs> so this has been a game changer <laughs> she can now go to the dog park Phew. what stephanie? about you stephanie uh well today um we just finished up i've been working real well not as hard as the staff but i've been helping with the uh, dem party convention uh, for our state convention that happens every two years this week. This is a big one because it's an election year. And so um, that finished up today for the most part. So that's been the big thing on, on my plate. Listeners, she's been on Zoom for hours and uh, hours, and she's mm -hmm. still here. Mm -hmm. We record these at night when our, like, children are in bed and stuff. <laughs> 
So we're all sacrificing, but Stephanie more than the rest of us. I think that leads us perfectly into our uh, little news snippets we want to go into. Can you give us the highlights of, um, what do you call it, convention? Yeah. So I'm sure everybody's highlights are different. I can tell you a, a low light would be, I didn't realize how much I love seeing uh, people from all across the state um activists and volunteers that I don't get to see very often so that was kind of weird only seeing their name on a screen randomly every once in a while so um but big highlight for me and I'm sure people's highlights are different there are a number of national delegates that are probably pretty jazzed um Paul Theobald is the first associate chair elect of the Nebraska Democratic Party uh which he was on the, he was on the pod yes and he was so. the one so that everybody is like thinking of him correctly. He is the guy who is such a fancy library. There's a library ladder. This is my key takeaway when we interviewed him on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so impressed. He's really focused on good things in our state. And so uh, that's exciting. And Pastor Janet Goodman Banks was elected to the second associate chair position, which is I'm thrilled about. I am too. I love Pastor Janet. That's great news. I saw on Facebook, she was like, I'm trying not to cry. She's very excited. We might have both gotten a little teary when we chatted this evening. Um, And then uh, Precious McKesson, who was also recently on the pod, um, was um, elected to be the elector. So um, for the first congressional, excuse me, yeah, no, the second congressional district, the blue dot, um, which that one elector, because we aren't winner take all um, in the electoral college, um, if Vice President Joe Biden gets that electoral vote um, out of the blue dot, Precious will get to cast that vote um, in the electoral college. And she's the first black woman um, that has ever had that honor um, if the numbers work out right. So, um, that I think is fantastic. Can I vote three times? (laughs) Can I vote three times? (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's illegal, but no, you can't. Mm -hmm. Dang. So we had Precious on the pod also. And my key takeaway from Precious was that you, Stephanie, you and her went into a karaoke taxi cab. Mm -hmm. And that is what, uh, that was my key takeaway. And so that's, you know, now I'm, I'm her fangirl because she's amazing. Definitely a badass. Uh, yeah. Other cool thing is that for um, our congressional district here in Lincoln, um, a chairman, Larry Wright of the Ponca tribe was um, nominated to be the elector. Um, if, we, the, if we get a blue pack man, I mean, game changes. <laughs> uh, he's going to do that. And that's also history, you know, history making. Historic. It's historic. Thank you. History. I don't know. <laughs> You're with me. Anyway. Awesome. Oh, Fantastic. Yeah. That's so great. That's, that's great news from the DNC. NDP. 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 Okay. Just you know anybody. me. What? Are we rapping? <laughs> no, we're not. We're not doing that again, oh, April. Come on. <laughs> come on. Nobody wants that. <laughs> Just, just so everybody knows, there are like multiple layers of the way parties work. They have county parties, state parties, uh, national parties, and then they all kind of work together in various ways. So have their own acronyms. They all have their yes. own acronyms, so it's hard to. But we're talking about the Nebraska yeah. State Democratic Party. That's what we're talking yep. about. 
All right, let's switch gears to um, the Nebraska Republican Party for just a second because um, Ricketts appointee and total lapdog Julie Slama is getting slammed by her own party. Not by Ricketts, of course. He's never going to, you know, come out against this. But um, a letter was published from by Bob Carey and uh, Heineman. Dave Heineman, former governors, both of them, um, calling her out for her egregiously uh, racial racist. Um, Racist, thank you. My Kevin. I said racial racist um, postcard um, trying to tie her Republican opponent um, to racism and that the worst thing they could possibly do was put her next to a picture of a black man, Ernie Chambers, and that she's radical. And they they even had like chains on it, kind of a reference to slavery. It's just Gun. gross guns and they um both of those former governors said in their letter you can you know look it up but they were both like we condemn this you need to apologize right now and if you won't apologize you need to step down and she's not going to do that but and they said they <laughs> said she is quickly line? oh it, yes yes is it the steve king line what oh yeah I, it. I like the line that says that Senator, we acknowledge that you are youthful and inexperienced in campaigning. <laughs> well, because she was appointed. She didn't even have to run. I know, right. I know. I just really liked it. No, Stephanie, Melody has a different favorite line. Go ahead. Well, I don't have the text in front of me, but yeah. basically said she is turning into the Nebraska's own Steve King. She's on that is- path. Who is the super racist the guy from Iowa who's right. finally got defeated, but without such an apology and condemnation of racist attacks in the strongest terms, you risk becoming the Steve King of Nebraska. There you go. I think it's funny watching the Ricketts Heineman side kind of slam together. And anyway, it'll be interesting to see how some of these races play, play out. And it'll be real interesting to see what happens in 2022 um, for the governor position because these factions are becoming more and more heated against each other. I know. Well, I mean, what I got to say is when the last time I saw Senator Salama, I was at the legislature to testify in support of a bill disarming domestic abusers and to um, a bill that was trying to address getting lower the number of suicides by firearm in our state. And an actual Nazi organized hundreds of uh, angry armed people to come to the legislature. And she left when proponents were talking. She left. She didn't want to hear us because we were talking about how the leader of this group was listed on the Southern Poverty Law Center as a white supremacist. He's been in leadership roles in um, a white supremacist organization. And she didn't want to hear any of that. She left the room and when we left because we were done testifying she was walking back in and shook the hand of the guy in the hawaiian shirt had kind of that crazed look in his eye with a loaded ar-15 and he told me directly that he had one in the chamber also um he had a bullet in the chamber of that gun and she shook his hand and thanked him for coming 
So that's what I know about Slama, and that sucks. And she sucks. So sucks. Yep. Unfortunately, she in the primary she really beat the pants off of Janet Palmtag, the opponent. But I don't know. Things can change. Hopefully, this will wake people up a little bit. Hopefully. Well, we got one more news item we wanted to bring up in the last uh, couple days. Um, the, city, the mayor has released the mayor of Lincoln has released kind of um, some details, not the full budget, but kind of releasing those details about the Lincoln budget. And um, I, there was some bothersome things in there to me. <laughs> um, the biggest the, one. Oh, sorry to interrupt April, but by the time people are listening to this, the mayor might be will out. have released the budget because she's going to release it. We're recording Sunday night. She'll be yeah. releasing it Monday. Yeah. But um, so we haven't seen all of it, but the stuff that they floated out, um, I'm really um, frustrated that they want our libraries to close one day a week. Um, my neighborhood library is already closed one day a week. So that's fun. Um, and that's really frustrating because of all the services they provide, um, especially for low income and elderly and families and um, internet access and students after school. My neighborhood library is full of students after school. Right. Um, and they do so much great work. Um, but then the police department, right after all these protests, is getting a funding increase. Right. The only thing we know so far is that to purchase some body cameras. I'm not necessarily against body cameras. I, I don't think every, they're the end all be all. And why don't they have to do it with the money they already have? I want to see every school resource officer kicked out of Lincoln Public Schools. Amen. If, if Lincoln Police Department thinks that they want to improve their relationship with Lincoln's children, then they can do it on their time and on their dime. Public school children should not be forced to have interactions with law enforcement without lawyers, without their parents' consent. Mm -hmm. There is no data. There's no, there's nothing to support their existence except it makes some white people feel safe. And that's not a good enough reason. That doesn't actually make you feel safe. Well, they might make you feel safe, but it doesn't, doesn't it, make it's you, making you safe. Right. That's what I mean. Right. right. It's not necessarily effective. Um, that's really frustrating that that and they've just added in the last year or so those six additional SROs to middle schools. And um, that's a joint agreement between LPS and the city. And um, some of us tried totally, to fight that. It feels totally tone deaf to the moment. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why they would even preach that right now. I don't understand to, what they think they're going to get by continuing to cut resources that support our kids that don't have anything to do right now anyway like I went I drive by there's a park near my house and all of the facilities there that adults would use are totally open while our playgrounds are still closed which I understand but continuing to cut resources that our kids and families need um, to stay mm -hmm. safe and healthy and support things like distance education and continued learning when we've had truncated school years just seems asinine absolutely yep and i don't know my local light my um local close branch whatever <laughs> i can't 
can't talk, um, is a smaller library. Um, but I go there on purpose. I like the smaller library. I like that I the librarians know me. <laughs> I mm-hmm. once lost my wedding ring in the parking lot. <laughs> oh, no! I did. I didn't know where I left it. I thought I lost it in there, but I couldn't be for sure. And I left my name and my number and blah, blah, blah. And um, sure enough, some kind soul found it like three days later in the parking lot and brought it in. And I got my ring back. I was like, oh, thank God. But there, there are such a great center of our neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're packed. Like there are days even when I go to that little library and I go because it's little on purpose where I go in the summer and it's I can't even get in to find a parking spot because there's so many people there for story time. Um, and that warms my heart. I don't want to see those cut any further, but we'll find out more about the budget, but this is not final. This is a release where they kind of trial balloon it, right, Melody? Right. So they will, there's a process outlined on Lincoln's city webpage, but basically on Monday, the June 15th, the mayor releases her budget. And then it goes through a process. The city council will make edits. Um, There's public hearings. But if you care about the soul of our city, if you care about how your money's being spent, if you care about defunding police, um, (laughs) now's the time to engage because this budget goes two years. I would be interested if there's anybody listening and you know um, and you're kind of tuned into the Omaha budget, Give us a heads up because we'd love to have you come and talk about that too. Yeah. Um, isn't that wrong though? Didn't they change this to a one-year budget because of the weird situation we're in? I think oh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's normally a two-year two budget. Years, but they know that with the pandemic, it's just too weird. But normally two years, yeah. We're we're just, it's, it's unprecedented times, but we have to invest in people <laughs> and children and I don't know. This doesn't. We have we have done everything to accommodate adults, from like allowing drive-through, like not drive-through, but carry-out liquor, which I am in support of, and I want to keep continuing. We have the mayor uh, did not fight the governor when he forced her to open the city back up before we had hit our um, health markers that we were expecting to hit. We because adults it it was all for adults meanwhile these kids have been out of school they're missing their social lives they can't do really basic things that they normally get to do in the summertime all the camps are closed none of the parents really you know none of us know what we're supposed to be doing for daycare situations um we cannot be defunding things like libraries parks the things that are for children because they're already suffering their unfair share Meanwhile, we're pushing everything for adults. Uh, and it's not right. It's not right. And these kids out here protesting, what's in the budget for them? Yeah. Nothing. As far as I know, I mean, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll that needs tomorrow. to be the discussion. How does this budget line up with what the protesters have been asking for and what the community the is pushing for? priorities of our city and what our should, city's priorities should be? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that actually brings us into our next part, um, our interview. We should um, welcome our guest. Great. Today, our guest is Jazari Qual. You might know him um, or have seen him on Facebook doing a lot of live feeds of the Lincoln protests 
with thousands of viewers. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So excited to be here. We are so excited to have you. So you run Qualdom Creations, which is a media company that you founded based here in Lincoln, right? Yeah. Okay. Seeing Red actually was founded because we realized there's just a need for more local journalists. We need more and more and more and more local journalists. So I'm really excited you're around. What? Um, how long has your media company been around? Um, so it's been around, I would say, for the last three months, three to six months. Um, I was doing, I started off as a YouTuber, so I made like a lot of YouTube videos. Um, so cool. I kind of had a little bit of a built on that. Um, and then I started um, increasing the quality or elevating the quality with making like short films and cool things like that. And um, yeah, it's kind of just grown into more different things. So we also have like projects that we do for paid clients sometimes and or private clients, I should say. And then we also now do live streaming, broadcasting. Because the first couple of nights of the protest, I was actually out there filming to make like a short film out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just realized like the live streaming, is it's just so much more authentic and in the moment, you know, to experience. Do you think that you will take all of the hours and hours of footage that you've done and curate some smaller piece after this is all said and done? I do want to make some type of documentary out of it and see how that all plays together because it's quite interesting. Like the first couple of nights of the protest, there were a couple of uh, kids that were leading it. And then, you know, then days go by and other people started joining, like kind of like the leadership of it. And they ended up forming their own nonprofit. Um, so these are people who didn't really know each other. So now they're known as the Black Leaders Movement. And they didn't exist like a week and a half, two weeks ago up until... Yeah tests started happening so they kind of like fused together and made this nonprofit, and it's been really good so I have a lot of footage um from all of it you know stuff that hasn't been on the live stream and things like that so I kind of want to make a, a documentary out of it which is one thing that I'm really trying to get into making documentaries and um yeah I think somebody reached out to us um and asked you know if they could have the live streams donated as part of I think there's a Nebraska there's a government organization that preserves history and like archives it so they kind of wanted to oh I think it's a Nebraska history museum maybe not the actual government entity Uh they um saying that you know they would like to have like the live streams to preserve it as part of history which is insane to think of you know (laughs) in the moment you don't think of that you know no, that is what you're doing for sure. You are on the front lines of history. And I mean, you know, like my kid was in a Hamilton club at his school, which was basically just kids singing Hamilton. And you're in the room where it's happening. Mm-hmm. You're in there and you're documenting it. So that's really great. Well, can you tell us, tell us about your story? Because you've been telling snips of your story as you're podcasting. So it sounds like you maybe have some family helping you. There is, um, I really was moved when the police were kneeling one of the nights and you were talking about, if you didn't really tell the whole story, but you were kind of making comments that sounded like there was some police violence in your own history. And I was just curious if you wanted to tell that story. 
Yeah, so back in 2000, November of 2006, the day before Thanksgiving, we actually lost our stepfather to police brutality in Omaha. Um, he was mm. multiple times and he had a heart attack. So we had lost him the day before Thanksgiving when I was 11 years old. And, you know, what really motivated me to go out there and start documenting all of this and lending my platform to these young leaders is that I think back to the 11 year old me and feeling so helpless in the situation, not being able to do anything. But now that I have the resources that I do and I'm able to do what I can to reach a worldwide audience, um, I think that's what motivated me. You know, my stepfather never got his justice, but now I have a platform to make sure somebody else can have a really good shot at getting their justice from police brutality. So that's kind of what really motivated me to go out and document. Amazing. What, who do you have out there with you when you're podcasting? So there was one where, and you were talking to your mom and you're like, mom, it's okay. I'm helping them out. Like what, what does your mom think about this? <laughs> um, maybe we need to talk to your mom actually. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like with my family, I don't think they look at it as like, I'm a quote unquote like influencer because a lot to a lot of people I'm just you know Joey as they know me. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's different to see they don't really we don't really talk about like the viewers per se like how many streams they get like those streams almost got like a million views collectively like we don't really talk about that like my mom's number one concern is just to make sure that like I'm okay you know because of the story with my stepfather like if something were to happen to me, it would, it would kill her, you know? So that's like the number one thing I think. Yeah. It's cool. Like you're getting all these streams, but like the number one concern for my family is my safety, which is understandable completely. Um, but my friend Taylor, who's actually on my team, she's sitting right over here. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's the one who's usually out there with me and kind of like going through comments. We have a few people that filter through comments, um, but she's kind of there like in real time to kind of like help me out with like the live streaming and stuff. So there's like a lot of background people that people don't see. Nice. What Can you walk through what's happening with those comments? Like, what does, are you um, deleting trolls or, I mean, that's just such a problem in the internet. Yeah. So if they liked the page, then the admins that I have so my team can just like ban them because a lot of people like it and join and just like troll and say a whole bunch of crazy things. So it's like we welcome other opinions, you know, open conversation. But if you're like spewing out hatefulness and like racism, then we end up just blocking and banning people from the page. Absolutely. Yeah, don't nobody had time for that. <laughs> and then people get mad that they got blocked. And it's like, oh well. Sorry. <laughs> Not sorry, there's, you can spew your racist hate uh, somewhere else. I mean, I feel like the internet would just be a happier place for everyone if people that were in charge of platforms, like you're in charge of your platform and you're just not allowing it. There's no reason to give people, people don't have a first amendment right to you. They have a first amendment right to the government. You're not the government. You're a dude with a Facebook page. You can ban anyone you want. You don't owe them anything on your platform. Right. And I think that's like where the confusion comes in because we've grown so large. Like people will message us, like, you know, if they have like, if they're upset about like how a protest went, they'll, they'll reach out to them. <laughs> it's not job. Yeah. Um, and are you so, saying they reach out to you like you're the manager of the protest? <laughs> <laughs> there was a march on the south side and somebody mm -hmm. complaining saying that 
his neighbor's car had BLM keyed into it. And he's like, I've been watching your streams and I don't know, that's the key words. I've been watching your stream, but I don't know if you've been putting on these protests. <laughs> We've said like multiple times during the stream, we're gonna cover it, right? And document. Um, but he was <sighs> saying like, you know, this needs to be like sorted out or we need to be connected with the right people. But it's like, if you have a problem with something that went on, do you call 1011 or CNN and complain that they need to do You might be surprised <laughs> what the <laughs> television and the newspapers and things get. <laughs> <laughs> probably contact you know the people who put on these protests like we always pin their information if it's that big of an issue or you need to reach out to the police department as we're just there as media to document so like i i'm sorry but there's nothing i can do to help you in this situation there's just not so you have been watching many more hours of goings on than i have because you know you're there um what do you think have been the most interesting things that if people didn't see it, they really missed out. Interesting things that people didn't see? Yeah. Like, you know, if you tuned in at 8, but maybe it would have happened at 7. Or you tuned in at 11, but maybe it happened at the day before. Like, just what are the most interesting things that you've been seeing that you really think um, should be elevated? I think just, like, the peacefulness and how friendly people are. Because usually people tune in, you know, when there's really tense moments. Like, we all love drama, I guess. So, like, that's when the views, like, spike. Um, but, like, the protests usually start off, like, very peaceful. Everybody's just having a good time, listening to music, enjoying each other's company. And it's, like, it's great. And I don't think a lot of the mainstream media or, like, the local networks show a lot of that. Um, that's what I've been told by many people. But... Yeah, I don't think a lot of people see like the events leading up to it. And what's interesting to see is usually sometimes it starts out small and then some unfamiliar faces come in and sometimes that's when things get out of hand. So it's not like the people who the people who organize it are there throughout the entire thing, but there's interesting faces or people you don't recognize that, you know, come in and sometimes but the interesting thing I don't think a lot of people see like when it's actually happening is like the display of leadership and organization from the people who are putting on the protests, like making sure everybody's where they can be, not blocking off streets, like they're in constant communication. I don't know if you guys heard me say that hashtag, like hashtag communication or like hashtag confusion and okay, redirection. And so it's like the display of leadership from them is like absolutely amazing. And I don't think a lot of people see that. Just because when you're watching the protests, you just see a bunch of people marching, but there's like a lot of logistical things that are happening behind the scenes with them so that they can keep it peaceful and um, organized. Who are the leaders? Can you raise them up? Let's give them a shout out right now so people can really, you know, celebrate them. Um, are you, I really only know their first names. There's, there's TT, there's Dario, there's Lee Aaron, there's Pasca, there's Bree, there's Kadeja, um, and a couple other in there. Um, Dominique is in there. She goes by Dom. And I think that's kind of just the main ones. Sorry if I missed anybody. <laughs> well, like, off the top of my head, I... I found a Journal Star article where they interviewed them mm -hmm. each. Uh, I'm sure we could link that in the show notes too, if that would help any of our listeners. That wasn't all of them. Oh, it wasn't? Well, it might help a little. Maybe not. <laughs> Why do you think some people got skipped? I have no idea. 
maybe it was just like that day if Journal Star was just there that day or like how it like planned out 100%. And I mean, like, I think they've had a couple of people join in since they've started. Um, sure. So you were, did you live in Omaha when you were a younger child? I did. So I was born in St. Louis, Missouri, just a few months after my family came over from South Sudan. Uh, we lived in St. Louis for several months, and then we moved to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And when I was around two years old, we moved to Omaha. Um, and then we lived in Omaha for a few years, and we moved to Lincoln um, like two months before I turned five, and we've been here ever since. Okay, awesome. Awesome. I just could, because of your um, stepdad's tragedy in Omaha, I thought maybe you had lived there. No. And then, did you, what high school did you go to? I went to Northeast. Okay. April, what high school did you go to? You, oh, no, you're from Iowa. Never mind. Yeah, you didn't I'm go to high school. Iowa. Nobody knows my high school. <laughs> I'm from outside of Omaha, Papillion, so uh, I didn't go to Lincoln High School either, but my uh, step-siblings, they went to Lincoln High. So what, um, you've What's seen that? a lot, I wanted to ask a question, there's, you've seen a lot of the protests i think nearly every one of them if not all of them jazari how do you think things have changed in the you know weeks as the weeks have gone on i think it's really cool that they got to meet with the council excuse me the nebraska council senate and i think that was really cool there was a whole malone center agreement with the police to like hold cops accountable although that was orchestrated by the malone center they kind of had some assistance from the black leaders movement but that was more so fueled by the malone center there was that and i just think the overall support from like the community that has been huge and i mean as far as like policy changes and real changes happening i think we're still waiting on seeing that happen um everything takes time and, you know, with young people, you don't have a lot of patience. You know, like, if you want something done, you want it now. So I think yeah. the part of it that might come off a little bit discouraging that there needs to be time for, you know, things in legislature to happen. Um, but, you know, as people say, you know, they've been fighting for 400 years. Like, they're running out. Like, they're not patient anymore. But, yeah, so I've just seen a lot of growth within the community. A lot of people trying to, like, understand and educate themselves about everything. Um, as far as legislature, I think that's still something that's in the works that we're waiting to see. Has the mood changed? How do like people feel like I don't know more hopeful or more inspired or um, I don't know. I just I haven't been able to go, and so I'm curious. You know, one thing I'm kind of worried about is that I don't want this to seem like a trend. Um, so like, oh, it's trendy to go to protest right now because the whole BLM movement, but then like a month from now, it's kind of just like over and done with, and then we're back where we started. And then a year from now, or however long from now, something, another tragedy happens, and we're back out protesting, and it's all over again, and, and, and it's an endless cycle. So, like I've noticed, some people come out less and less, might because, you know, might be because they have like other obligations or anything like that, which is completely understandable. I just know that the mood has changed from more like anger to more peaceful. Like, especially the first couple nights when they tore up that easy go and like the whole Lincoln mall and it's more so kind of like organized peaceful protests happening. So I think there's less anger, more hopefulness, more love going around between the community members. Um, but yeah, I just, I just hope the momentum stays up and it doesn't, you know, just kind of fade to the back. Like, 
and you know then we're back where we started however long from now so one thing about you know that policy change takes time that can be true but the mayor of lincoln is releasing her budget for public review tomorrow um so there are very real things that people could advocate for mm-hmm. starting tomorrow. Do you know, um, have you in your coverage, have you kind of heard what people are planning? What do they want out of the city budget? I don't think they haven't shared that with us specifically um, or put it out publicly. Sometimes we just, you know, we're told of a protest like right before it happens. So we're out there. Mm-hmm. We haven't really been behind closed doors with them and like, you know, documented what they're really advocating for or fighting for. Um, Taylor, have you heard anything? Weren't they wanting the the city of Lincoln to pay for uh, hospital bills, doctor bills from like wounds from protesting? Yes. Okay. So that's one thing we heard. So as well as there. Yeah. Okay. So I lied. <laughs> we didn't hear something. <laughs> so the Black Leaders Movement, and I, I'm sure other organizations too, really want um, you know for the city to pay for people's hospital bills and the injuries they've had from tear gas or the rubber bullets that were fired at the peaceful protesters. They really want that to be covered in the city budget, as well as you know therapy, because it's a very traumatic experience. You know when you're out there getting tear gas and things like that. Some people process it differently. Some people are scarred from it everybody processes emotion differently. So some people need therapy to recover from that, you know? Um, and I think not only from the riots and like yeah. police retaliation, but also just like seeing black people in this country die. Yeah. Yeah, just seeing like um, the murders that have taken place, you know, at the hands of police brutality. Um, people are trying to, people need help processing that, you know, and seeing because, it's scary because it could be anyone you know, you know? So I think that's kind of that lingering mentality in the background or in your unconsciousness thinking like, this could happen to my friend, this could happen to my brother, this could happen to my sister, this could happen to my cousin, you know, et cetera, somebody you know. So I think they're really pushing for, you know, therapy and also for their medical health to be covered because that, those rubber bullets and that tear gas, the tear gas, not so much, um, but the rubber bullets, you know, there's been serious, serious damage done to um, protesters from that. I think one of our live streams, one guy, he like showed us his, he lifted up his shirt and it was just black, blue, and purple, like all the way down his side from the rubber bullets. And one girl, she had her, had her nose blown off. Um, so they had to reconstruct that, mm-hmm. how she's doing now. But we saw the images and they're very graphic and horrible. That type of stuff shouldn't be fired at peaceful protesters. Yeah, and for anybody listening, um, what you need to know is right in Lincoln that the mayor brought in police with riot gear um, the first night and then the second night the National Guard came in and the police with riot gear and things really escalated and a lot of people were hurt. It was the sheriff's deputies. Mm-hmm. I think they had both. But on that video, it was the sheriff's deputies that really escalated things and were pulling the girls' braids and things. That's Dominique. She's a part of the Black Leaders Movement. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so, so sorry, have you have you been hurt while covering? It's <laughs> great. Um, Thank goodness. I've got like a whiff of tear gas here and there, but you know, it's not like I haven't been shot with like a rubber bullet. You know, I also keep my distance. Um, and as part of the media, you know, there's now there's kind of when there are the protests and things like that, when it was happening outside of the Hall of Justice, media people were kind of like to the side. So like, you know, we were easily identifiable away from like, you know, the protesters and stuff. But no, yeah, with the riot gear and stuff, when the, he was state, he was state patrol when he was kneeling and there were times where things got like really tense and they were like getting ready to rush out of the Capitol. Um, I saw him like their gear, it said military police. So yeah, I think the National Guard was inside the Capitol, like ready to defend it. But nobody was armed, you know? So it's kind of like, I think the riot gear really escalates situations because it's almost like, okay, we're, we're about to fight type situation. Like, yeah. you're ready to go. Like, I think it's, I think since they haven't been wearing the riot gear, that's when things really did, you know, de-escalate. Yeah. Can you tell us about the latest, um, March that was down in the south part of town? Yeah, so... Where that, did it go from and where did it go to? And It kind of went, we headed, we started at, like, right outside Barnes & Noble on this, at South Point. Then on South 27th, we headed north, and then we took a right and headed east on Old Haney. And then kind of a few blocks down, weaved through, like, the neighborhoods and stuff like that. Um, at that point, it was kind of hard to keep keep track because like the streets curve and stuff like that but it was very loud it was very passionate it was beautiful um people came out you know and like clapped and kind of like you know had signs of their own some people just kind of didn't come out or acknowledge or anything like that you know there was periods of time where the crowd was saying like march with us like come out and march with us nobody came out and marched with them that's just what happened yeah and towards the end there was a guy i guess in a black truck who was like wreaking havoc and kept driving through people, trying to like hit people and stuff like that in his truck. And so like the police had to come out and like clear that up. Thankfully nobody got hurt, but I think it was just, you know, somebody there saying, you know, this is stupid, like just go home type situation. Yeah. Yeah. People were angry that, you know, they couldn't get to their homes and stuff like that. But it's like, at the same time, like these people are protesting, like it's a part of their, you know, right. It's their right to protest. So then it's like people get angry when people go out and protest. I mean, the thing, I don't is, understand, but. The thing is about a protest is if everybody feels very comfortable, then I don't, my personal opinion is that your protest is not very effective. If everybody's really comfortable, the fact that all levels of government that you have um, two former governors of Nebraska calling out a state senator for racism right now, like, these things weren't happening two weeks ago. They are happening because these protests are uncomfortable. They're inconvenient. They're bothering people. They want them to stop. And that is what is creating the change is that friction. So if people can't get to their homes, that's going to cause them to talk about the protest and talk about the issues. And, you know, so I say kudos to the protesters for creating a moment where they're actually creating dialogue at all levels of the community because that is I've never I've never seen that happen. 
But I mean, like, it's also kind of sad too, because yeah, like it causes dialogue and people to complain about not being able to get home, but it's like, they don't really support the movement, you know? So then it's kind of like, it's an inconvenience to them and it's bothering their life. So it's kind of just like, just get it over and done with so I can just go back to my regular, regular, smegular life. But I loved it that when it went out the mall, because usually you think of a political argument happening on the Capitol steps, maybe downtown, um, and then, of course, at City Hall. And just the fact that it moved into communities, I just loved, I loved that. I loved that. I thought that was, really brings it home. Like, this is not just a political conversation. It's a cultural one as well. Yeah, I thought that was really brilliant, actually. Like, that first night that they marched all the way from downtown to 48th, I live very close to there, and I was like, they came this far? <laughs> you have to be kidding me. But it made it so that nobody could ignore it. Everyone all night all over Lincoln was like, oh my gosh, they're right by my house. Oh my gosh, look how far they've gone. And so it was just so visible. Yeah. And I think that's that's really cool about it too. And I hope that they continue. They want to just keep going to other communities. Um, because if you think about it, people on the South Side, I don't think they've ever seen anything like that. You know? No. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was it was quite a sight to see. It was amazing. I love that. So you've been talking about the young people that are the leaders of the protest, but you don't seem super long in the years yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. What, um, where are you in life right now? Are you in school? Are you working full time? Are you in a COVID kind of break? Like a lot of people are. No, I, well, I'm turning 25 July 3rd. So I'll be around on this world for a quarter century then. Um, but no, yeah, I have a day job. I work full time. Quantum Creations was kind of something that I started hopefully to make my full time job. And quickly getting there um but yeah so that's kind of like what I what I do I also go to school for computer science completely unrelated to what we're doing here um but yeah no I'll be a junior I had to take kind of a break from school to just like work full-time so just like breaks in between but I'm trying to finish but it's going to be a lot harder now that like things are taking off with the media company and all yeah. What are ways that people can support your media company? I know like people are throwing dollars um, all over the place. Can they throw you dollars? What, how does that work? Yeah, so a lot of people have actually donated to us our cash app and I don't want to turn this into like an ad, but turn it into an ad. Do it, do it, do it. Pop and Venmo is called them creations. And we actually finalized designs for actual tangible what was your guys' favorite hashtag during the live streams? It was like confusion, energy, energy. Energy, energy. And you always said it at the most poignant moment. And you, you were the hashtag. Yes. Like you were like, energy, energy. And I was like, I'm feeling it. I am feeling uh, it. Well, we now have actual t-shirts that we're going to be selling on the website on the left sleeve it has thunderbolts and on the <gasps> hashtag energy yes of course <laughs> of course that's gonna be amazing 
So is there a website um, outside of the Facebook page or is the Facebook page the website? Baldomcreations.com. Okay, got it. I'm going to put that in the show notes so people know. But yeah, we have five different designs that we're going to be launching. So there's energy, there's block nation. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that. Um, that one. That's what we wow. do. And so it also has like this, um, the logo on the sleeve on this one. So for everybody listening, he's showing us, he actually has the t-shirts right next to him. And he's, they're black t-shirts with white lettering. And they are really, really cool. Confusion. And on the sleeve, it has question marks. Oh my gosh, I'm going to get the energy one because that is amazing. And that is how I am going to remember the Lincoln protest. It will just be you shouting energy while incredible moments are happening in the city. That I'm actually, I'm definitely going to be getting one. <laughs> what, <laughs> what would you say? So this is what we've been asking everybody. Um, we've, there are so many people that are new to the work of social justice, new to the work of Black Lives Matter, new to the work of activism, politics, movement building, community organizing, right? There's all these different kinds of work and they're kind of all happening at the same time. But you've been watching, you've been watching as an observer, what kind of advice would you give to people that are coming in? What are some things you've seen that have been effective? Some things you think, you know, maybe I might finesse it in this way because when people kind of grow, that's kind of what they do. Yeah, what kind of advice would you have? Just for anybody about the situations and everything going on? Yeah, for all of these young people that are rising up, they're coming into their own power and you're documenting them all. What do you want to say to all those people? All the people that are new, they haven't done this before. You know, they're all 20 years old and less. What do you want to say? You're kind of an elder oh. at 25. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I would say definitely stand up for what is right because with all of this going on, you know, it's not, it's not black versus white. It's not a race war, you know, it's everyone versus injustice and racism and inequality that's what everybody's fighting against. So it's not like, you know, I, I, I don't want it to, I want it to be more than just the whole BLM movement. I want it to be more like human rights and, you know, women's rights and ev- everyone's rights um, and fighting for that. And just stay true to who you are and really know right from wrong. And as these things unfold, it's like, don't, don't fall into comfortability just because it's convenient for you. You know, people have had a lot of arguments on Facebook. I'm sure you guys have seen people getting canceled on Facebook um, or outed for things. And, you know, don't be afraid to go against like your family or things like that, because at the end of the day, it's, you know, everyone's trying to fight for what's right. And don't fall into your comfortability and shy away from that. Join the fight, join everybody. Cause it's, to make the world a better place for everyone. I love that. Everyone versus injustice, racism, and inequality. I want that on a t-shirt with hashtag energy and the lightning bolts on the sleeve. <laughs> I just want like a whole t-shirt of just everything that you've said. You're just so inspiring. Thank you. 
<laughs> are you um are you reading anything these days? We always ask people what they're reading. We like to put book recommendations in every podcast. I know you're busy, so you might not no be pressure. reading something. But <laughs> no pressure. I'm so boring. Like I <laughs> I'd like to read like a lot of like financial books, so like some people don't like him, but like I've read Dave Ramsey's books and like people that he's taught, like but no, uh, Boundaries um, that was written by a friend of his. So like self-help books, things like that, like I enjoy reading. I really do like fictional books too. So, but I mean like these days as I'm getting older and having to like learn about things, I read a lot of like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Dave Ramsey's a mixed bag for sure, but uh, some of his stuff, it's like really sound and it helped me make, uh, helped me frame financial decisions and Susie Orman she's kind of a similar similar yeah. advice mm-hmm. yeah I like reading all of those type of things because you know I came from a family that didn't have a lot so I just want to make sure that I'm using my resources so that you know one day my own family will you know I, I want to progress and like move up and pretty much be financially successful not just for myself but you know for my children in the future yeah I love that April, any final questions? Did you say something, April? No, I think I was too far from the microphone. So I was just saying thanks for coming on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) There's a lag, listeners. So it's not always easy. Well, you, sorry, I'm so glad you came on. You're just doing great work. And I think, I mean, we're all watching you. We're all watching your live streams. Thank you. You've been listening to Seeing Red Nebraska, Politics from the Left. Seeing Red is a group blog edited by citizen volunteers and entirely devoted to Nebraska politics. You can support us on Patreon with a $5, $10, or $20 a month donation. Be sure to check us out at seeingrednebraska.com and on Facebook and Instagram. You can also follow us on Twitter at seeingredne or contact us via email at seeingredne at protonmail.com.